0: George, George, George of the jungle, watch out for that mummy!
1: first what's on second i don't know who's i third and i mentioned my dear watson what's in the
0: box just what do you think you are doing today? frankly right here i
1: don't give a damn but why male models
0: why so serious i am serious and don't call me sure well
1: nobody's perfect
0: go ahead make my day many men have wasted their lives in the foolish pursuit of Harmanapcha. Most have never returned.
1: I think you found something.
0: Creature that we have feared for more than 3,000 years is the bringer of death. He will never stop. This summer, Universal Pictures invites you on an extraordinary adventure beyond life and time.
1: Come on!
0: Come on! Hey! Welcome everybody to Pop. I'm Scott. I'm Jason.
1: And I'm Monica. And this week we are talking about the Mummy. Yay! The good one. The best one. <laughs> the well, you know, the old one's pretty good. The 1999 one. We're talking about the 1999, the Mummy that you love. If you're listening to this, this is the movie that you love. Mm-hmm. We know it's the one that you love. This is for you, Stephen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Stephens I... listening,
0: you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: yeah, this movie holds a very special place in my heart. I love everything about it. It's not perfect, but it's perfect for me. I just love it. <laughs>
1: it's pretty good like it i think i saw it on vhs for the first time it was i was probably i think my parents were worried about taking me to the movies to see it just in case mm. yep and uh we watched a, like an aunt and uncle's house like the whole extended family were there and we had a movie night and we watched this on rented from the video store mm. and i was just like enraptured
2: yeah, my first experience was watching it on VHS too. My parents went to go see it at the cinema and they were just like, it's very good, but there's this horror bit in it that we don't want you watching just yet. And um, so a few years later I, I saw it on VHS and I was like, this is something else. This is wonderful.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, um, I got to see it at the cinema. and You're it grew was- up yeah yeah nice <laughs> rub it in <laughs> yeah you i probably got to probably see a lot, lot in the cinema, cinema <laughs> didn't i yeah. um uh, but uh it, i remember going to see it more as just you know it, it was a sort of blockbusterish type event film if you want and as i watched it i couldn't help but make the connections to indiana jones and the obvious allusion to that sort of uh, type of adventure that it was working with and I guess I had a my initial reaction in the beginning of the film was to be no 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 this is just trying to copy it but as it progressed and it's a lot to do with the cast and I guess the playfulness of the whole thing I I really enjoyed it. And it turned me around as I was watching Um, instead of being this sort of like stoically, no, no, there's only Raiders that can do this sort of thing. Um, It certainly converted me as I watched it. And, uh, you know, when I walked out of it, I'd definitely say I really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, this movie actually has a very weird trajectory before it became the end product that we all know and love. Um, In the 80s, it was first pitched as... A faithful, um, I guess, update to the 1932 Karloff film, um, with the mummy's gonna be like a Terminator kind of like character who's unstoppable and it's gonna be a bit of a gore fest. Um, And potential directors attached to it at the time were ranging from George Romero to Wes Craven. And it wasn't until 1997 when, you know, a plucky young dude named Stephen Summers, you know, came around and said, I would like to mix this thing with Indiana Jones and make it fun, please. And it just works. You know, he went to a lot of trouble to sort of get the pulp feel of it right. He made sure that the casts that he ended up with were the right picks. And props to him as well. He also collaborated with a lot of UCLA Egyptology departments to make sure the language was correct when used um, in the ancient Egyptian scenes as well or whenever the mummy Imhotep was speaking.
1: Ah, cool. I didn't realize there was that much authenticity put into it. Let's say that.
0: I don't know. I think it shows a bit in uh, mm. the fact that uh, the locations, for one, uh, like I, I noted that this time more than ever because, you know, we're, we're so used to now green screen type mm. scenarios where they can be wherever you like and create sets a la, and, a la Jungle Cruise. But um, yeah, then I read up on it and went. Oh, they did actually go to some locations in some crater or something or volcano, I think it was, for Mm. the valley, this desert volcano, and um, you can see it in the location. So the authenticity of where they are really helps lift it uh, amazingly. Uh, I just didn't recognize it until afterwards, after (laughs) we've sort of been treated to these things.
2: Yeah, I appreciated the historical authenticity of the film. It's not accurate, but... That doesn't matter in this instance. It was authentic enough for me to sort of believe it to be. Yeah, this is definitely we're dealing with ancient Egyptian territory. So oh, it's, it's yeah. the ancient
1: Egyptian stuff viewed through the eyes of the pulp.
2: Yeah, exactly right. You know, you have this love story between this priest and the pharaoh's mistress, and you know they kill the king, and then you know insanity ensues. You know,
1: what's more what pop than <laughs> <on> that? <laughs> you know how we punish this man by making him the most dangerous creature on the planet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: absolutely. <laughs> That'll show him.
0: Yeah, the one flaw in it, I have to say, it, it was sort of like it, when that's worked out, I sort of go, yeah, why? Why, <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it it does balance that pulpy adventure with a bit of horror quite well. Um, yeah. It, it sort of has that same feel that Raiders has of uh, real threat, if you want. In what's going on and you do sympathise with the victims of the mummy more than you'd normally would.
2: Yeah, you do. You see this ragtag group of Americans who um, are, you know, um, I guess desecrating an ancient landmark, but you do feel sorry for them because you get to know them on the journey a little bit, especially the first one, Mr Burns, who loses is his eyes in the first instance and then he's finished off a little bit later, so he suffers a little bit.
1: Hmm. Yeah, a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> He just needs his glasses. Um, is, yeah, well yeah. he gives you like a, I mean it sort of paints them with a broad brush. They're kind of 2D characters, but there's enough there in a neuro kind of in this pulp world anyway where you, you get it. Like you get them.
0: Yeah. And that's exactly. enough.
1: It's enough to make you care.
2: Yeah, and they're a really nice contrast to your core cast. Um, So you've got Evie, Rick, and Jonathan. You know, they're our trio of misfits who carry this film and they're just so And and, and Ardeth Bay, I would argue. And Ardeth Bay, of course, yeah. We can't forget Oded Fair's really solid performance in this movie.
1: He's great. (laughs) He's a great, great actor. Mm, Um, He really
2: is.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, I just remember being in hysterics, like how... Funny, uh, Brendan Fraser and um, oh my God, just <laughs> <He> plays Jonathan, <laughs> John Hannah, John Hannah. How funny they are! I oh, they obviously have such a good time.
2: Yeah, you sort of see. Um... Freight has taken on Rick to sort of have this Indiana Jones-esque quality, but he's not taking himself too seriously. Whereas John Hannah's Jonathan, who at that point wasn't really a comedic actor, um, had taken on this role. And he's just like the best drunk uncle ever in the movie. (laughs) He's just, he's the most relatable person in the film. Like we all like to think we're maybe Evie or we all like to think we're maybe Rick, but at the core of it, we're all Jonathan. (laughs) 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 Just along for the ride. (laughs)
1: and just ah yeah, oh, so good and then yeah rachel wise is phenomenal as sort of the expositionary character
2: yeah but she's also charming she's intelligent resourceful she's unapologetic in the way that she approaches things even though she does sort of kick start this apocalypse as it were That's- um <laughs> And the best thing about her is she's a full-on weirdo and she's so, she's so enthusiastic about her profession. Like when they're about to open up Imhotep's sarcophagus for the first time, she's like, oh, I've been dreaming about this since I was a little girl. <laughs> and, you know, that's that's just so endearing. And, you know, you can tell she's so interested in her chosen profession and this topic. Like she's clearly obsessed with it. And you can't help but like that about her.
1: Oh, they're, they're all. Even Benny is likable in his own. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, he's a great. He's a great anti-hero, isn't he? He's sort of like the, as in the great villain. Ultimately, I think he's actually better than Emotep in some ways because of how they know he's like that, and yet still they let him close.
2: <laughs> well- Poor Benny, always on the wrong side of the river. Um. <laughs> but, yeah. He's just like he, the perfect
1: weasel. He is. He is.
2: Yeah, he really is. And I actually really liked the sort of um, contrast you had between him and Arnold Vosley who plays Imhotep, because um, when Arnold Vosley was cast for the film, he said, I want to play this completely straight because I think it'll just make it weird but funny in a way he approached this with this weird Romeo and Juliet aspect in the way that he is pursuing to bring his dead girlfriend back to life and that really cuts through with Benny's comedic timing as well and his sort of like opportunistic villainy
1: Yeah, and like um, he will, he, he makes, you know, puts himself in the position where he can be the stooge or the, the lackey Yeah,
0: survive.
1: exactly. Yeah, and when you
2: see those two characters interact for the first time, Benny picks up all of these charms off his necklace, trying to pick which religion might appeal <laughs> to this monster. And it's just a, like, it's a really frightful moment as well, because the creature design is actually quite good. And you know, it's sort of frightening when you first see it, but it sort of delves into this really funny moment yeah. how Emotep ends up recruiting him to <laughs> <So> his <he's laughs> assistance. It's great.
0: Yeah. It, I, it, I have to say that taking the role seriously though really did make Emotep a monster.
2: It if, meant-
0: if anyone had done something vaguely tongue-in-cheek as the monster i think we would have a dramatically different film because that's where i said that balance of the horror Mm. works because he does seem like a threat and uh, you know if if i make the parallel to raiders the germans never seem like fun people yeah (laughs) you get a little bit of fun with um
1: with the and then the rest are quite
0: yeah they they never seem like (laughs) they're gonna they're gonna kill you (laughs) um so And that might be the problem yeah, it just sequel, works really well.
2: It, it does. It, it yeah, gets
0: a bit sillier. Yeah, I can't remember the sequel as much because I probably haven't revisited it as much as I have the original. So um, mm. I I do remember the sequel was okay, but I, I don't remember walking away going, "Oh yeah, that's just a great continuation" or anything. So yeah,
2: yeah I wish it was a more of a standalone film. Um, the sequel's okay, but it's nothing to write home about. But it's yeah, got. A-
0: yeah school
1: universal feeling for me like the mummy returns like that's there's something kind of and there's this convoluted way that he comes back and a bigger yeah. a bigger plot and a bigger bad guy and in the scorpion king and all these sorts of things and there's something kind of fun and it, it does it does feel like someone's bad pulp D D campaign like
2: yeah that's exactly right yeah but,
1: the, anubis, um... the anubis warriors come <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, goodness. Um, also, when it comes back to, I guess, the core cast as well, Brendan Fraser wasn't the first choice for this film, which...
0: No, there was some pretty big actors. Do you want to know but-
2: the one that I think is the funniest, Tom Cruise?
0: Yeah, I know. That's ironic, uh, oh, isn't Oh, well, ironic. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: Yes. <laughs> and, you know, um, Brad Pitt, um, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, I don't think this movie would have worked anywhere near as well. Um, I think Leonardo oh, DiCaprio Pitt, Pitt
0: was... As well, wasn't it?
2: Um, I'm not sure about that one, but maybe, yeah. yeah.
0: Pitt could have
1: done it. Uh, I don't think so. He knows how to do the the tongue in cheek.
0: Not as yeah, nice. it's it's uh, interesting because I yeah I I'd say it would probably still work with someone like Brad Pitt, but it'd be different. It, it wouldn't be the same. He's 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 funny, but he's not that same wackiness that Brandon Fraser can do. If you get what I mean, it's like yeah. I think. Uh, Brandon Fraser just has that almost car- cartoonish ability to <laughs> go up and down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but to yeah. go up and down from being really dramatic and serious to then really cartoonish and over the top, and it works more the than Brad yell, Pitt.
1: The yell is like the defiant. It's the it's the Indiana Jones esque moment that just sets the defiance. he screams back at
2: just No, I don't have time for this. <laughs>
1: It's so good. Mm.
2: Yeah, so so good, yeah. Um, I also found, not that um, it's aged particularly well, maybe because of the limitations of the time, but I did find some of the special effects when I first saw the movie were really spectacular, like the the sand wall and you have Imhotep's face come out of it. You have the design of the creature when he's sort of like regenerating as he
1: kills off the little crew of Americans. That stuff still looks pretty good. Like the darkened (laughs) scenes still look quite... Yeah, I yeah. Mean, Some of the stuff, the particle effects has gotten a lot better for the sand wall and scarabs kind of going into each other as they move around as a bit. Mm. Yeah,
0: the the digital effects have dated. Um, they definitely. have.
2: Yeah. They have, but I don't think it's taken away my experience of the film. Um, it still sort of resonates in me to sort of have those oof moments.
1: <laughs> oh, it's still very fun to watch.
2: Mm. Yeah, definitely. And,
1: and no, it's still I... quite spectacular.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but there's a lot of practical stuff going on at the same time, which is quite obvious too, in terms of fight sequences and things like that. Th- those sorts of action sequences are real uh, as such. Um, mm. But yeah, I just found it, it's going to always have that moment of just jarring when you get the Scarab Beetles. I, I think that's probably the worst aspect of it, is when, mm. you know, they're. Going over people and things like that, you know, where some poor slave guy falls and just, he gets oh, munched ah. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just it, it's forever going to have that problem. I mean, it it it's something where I don't see why they couldn't go back and remaster it a bit and just go over them, mm. um, and then it would make it stand the test of time completely. Now, I think with digital effects, with what you can do with it now. Mm.
1: At the same time, though, I kind of hate that. Like,
0: <laughs> let it be. Oh, look! It's not the sort of film where it's going to change your uh, fun as such, yeah. because it's not. It's not trying to be serious in that sense. So,
2: yeah. No, um, I have to say, um, this is probably one of the most self-aware movies I've ever seen, like it knows exactly what it's doing and it's meant to entertain you. Um, I always sort of like to think that The Mummy film is like the, the the very last fun action movie as we get into the 2000s. It's one of the last really good ones that's entertaining but
1: fun. It's, it's sort of, yeah, the end of uh, movies taking themselves too seriously kind of starts yeah exactly gone and gone are the days of yeah the mummy and the last action hero in these kinds of movies where you're allowed to have fun that's okay
2: yeah you're allowed to be a little bit camp and to sort of you know have some humor in your movies you're not meant to take it very serious yeah. i think
1: it's even like like movies like lethal weapon series sort of ends shortly after this like the early 2000s i think was the last lethal weapon and kind of all of those like we're action but we're having a good time yeah you're right movies just even movies like Transformers, which I guess go for that kind of big spectacle, are all really dull and not fun to watch. Hmm. I can't think of the last one. I mean, I guess Jungle Cruise was going for it, but it didn't really
0: work for me.
2: Hmm. Same.
0: Uh, probably the Jumanji stuff would be yeah. the closest I could say. You know, the latest Jumanji films are yeah. sitting farewell in that area where they're not. They're definitely not trying to be serious in that. It's yeah. very aware. I um, guess
2: it just doesn't come as naturally anymore. It takes a lot more work.
1: I think Stephen Summers tried it again in G.I. Joe. I just don't think anyone responded. I just don't think people, that's not what people wanted.
2: Yeah, he also did that in um, Van Helsing as well. It's got that sort of strange, irreverent kind of humor in it as well, which doesn't always work with. The themes of the film, but you can definitely see he's trying to sort of continue that kind of style. Yeah, but that's his thing. So,
1: yeah, and I mean, obviously, it, it works for him. It doesn't? Hasn't worked for his box office returns lately. But no,
2: but he'll always have this movie. You know, <laughs> that's something that he can hold over. He'll always have the mummy. He'll always have the Brendan Fraser mummy.
1: <laughs> not even, not even Tom Cruise could sully it.
2: No. 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 Not even and anything. you
0: were saying something about brandon fraser earlier like why we don't see him anymore
2: yeah it's a, a bit of a convoluted story and it's quite sad um probably um a bit of a content warning for some of our listeners but um brendan fraser came out a few years ago saying that he was um sexually harassed by the head of the hollywood foreign press at one of the golden globes um ceremonies and he actually um told everybody about it at the time and no one believed him and he got blacklisted um, for wow. a very long time and in line with sustaining some serious injuries on set um, to some other films and a messy divorce, it just sort of put him in a downward spiral, which is very unfortunate. Um, but I'm very happy to see him come back because he's just he definitely seems like one of the genuinely good ones and he's got so much talent.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. phenomenal. Oh. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a great comedic actor i don't think i've seen him do anything majorly dramatic but in terms of uh, comedy God, and-
1: gods and monsters he's is a very dramatic role yeah yeah he's he's exceptionally good in it i mean it's also helped that he's okay. like acting off ian mckellen which is as far as <laughs> as far as drama goes you probably couldn't have a, a better <laughs> it's, um if you haven't seen it check it out really good movie and it kind of ties into this in a way in that um so gods and monsters is about final year in the life of James Whale, who was the gentleman who directed uh, Frankenstein. Okay. And the bride of Frankenstein. So he was the first openly gay director in Hollywood. And um, his last years were lived in seclusion and he ended up killing himself. And uh, the movie sort of is about his relationship with his gardener, who is Brevin Fraser, who is not gay. It was just like this friendship that the old James Whale is trying to turn into a romance and it's not working and hmm. it was really it's a very sweet dramatic piece if you want to see Brandon Fraser really acting.
2: Yeah. He it's also a very did,
1: good
0: film.
2: He also did very well in um, The Quiet American Remake with Michael Caine, which is an espionage-esque kind of film.
0: I've yeah. So yeah, they're both films I haven't seen. So yeah, but unfortunately my experience is the comic- Casino man. ...Brandon Fraser. <laughs> <Encino> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Which is a great movie. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, things like Inkheart and so on. It's, it's mm. he's, he's always very watchable.
2: Yeah, that's true. Even if the movie might not be always um, be the greatest um, a la Dudley Do-Right, he's at least giving it his all and he's being extremely funny
1: doing it. <laughs> yeah, he's just having a good time and I think that's yeah. he's enjoying it.
2: That's all that matters, really.
1: Which is basically how you would sum up The Mummy. If you want a good time, watch The Mummy.
2: Yeah, just do it.
1: Rainy Day, I want to feel better? Watch the mummy.
2: That's what I'm going to do
1: later. <laughs> the mummy! Thank you guys for watching this episode of Pop Culture. Watching, listening, listening, listening. You might watch it if you're watching YouTube. If you're one of the like five people who watches that YouTube channel, <laughs>
0: thanks for watching.
1: <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Pop Culture. I've been Scott. I'm still Jason.
2: And I'm still Monica.
1: Pop Culture is produced by and recorded by Jason Eddie, Monica Porto, and Scott Sauer. The clip for this week's show was the trailer for The Mummy, and the song at the end was the main theme from The Mummy. If you're enjoying the show, please, I invite you to jump onto Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It helps us expand the show and reach new listeners. If you'd like to find us on social media, we're available at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash popculturepod, on Twitter at AU, and we're also available on Instagram.